Hey, this is the life, huh? And they say money can't buy happiness. Hi, I'm Alan Altman. And I'm Dave Jusko. And this is Billy Joel A to Z. Hey! everybody and welcome to Billy Joel A to Z. Today we are in the ease and talking about easy money. Easy money is the opening track. Ironically talking about the track because in the film they go to the track. The opening track <laughs> off Billy's ninth studio album An Innocent Man. Seven songs were released as singles from An Innocent Man and Easy Money was not one of them. It was released only as a B-side to Tell Her About It, which was released on July 28th, 1983, Elon's date of birth. I'm joking, of course. He wasn't even born then. All the songs on An Innocent Man are homages. Easy Money was the one dedicated to James Brown and Wilson Pickett. Here we go. Finally, Elon, it's been a while. I feel like since we've done the rankings, we've done a lot of unreleased tracks, a lot of nonsense. Let's get into it. Christopher Bonanno's 2015 New York Magazine rankings. Where does he rank out of 121 songs? Easy money. All right. I'm going to channel my inner Bonanos. And I think, number one, this song falls into the hidden gem category. And because it is the reason why an Innocent Man album even happened, it gets bonus points for that. And so I'm going to give it 35. That's my guess of his ranking. I, I wow, you threw me off. Uh, you were so way off that uh, you just look foolish. <laughs> really? You're, yeah, you're way off, and I I did not see that coming. I thought you would put it in the fifties, maybe or something. If you thought, but clearly because we've had so much time off of thinking Christopher Bananos, you're just you're not getting it. Remember how you were so close? You were like you'd figure this guy out. Eighty one. You're way oh, off. Man. Oh, you're way <laughs> off. That's what Rodney says. <laughs> oh, you're way off. You're way off. Uh, <laughs> he says, and this is hilarious. And for, and by the way, Christopher Bonanno's ranked uh, the one we had done earlier. Don't ask me why as eighty. So uh, that's kind of weird, right? He has no credibility anymore. So that's why I'm just like whatever. But he says the say. exact opposite of what you said. He has no respect for this song whatsoever and nothing that has to do with making it. Album. He says, unfortunately, evokes nothing so much as rapping Rodney, an extremely commercial song of the 80s recorded as a movie theme and artifact of its time and place. He doesn't like it. Glenn Gamboa of Newsday ranks it a little higher at 66. And he likes it a little better. He says it's an up-tempo mix like Bruno Mars has since mastered and taken for his own. The fans, though, Rank it even lower than both of them at 88. So uh, people don't like, I'm so, I guess you threw me off by calling it a hidden gem. 
Uh, I only like this song because of the movie and my love for the movie and that on a daily basis, I say, I'll tell you, my mother-in-law, for years, I wouldn't kiss her on the mouth. I wind up kissing her ass. (laughs) And then uh, the music plays. So uh, that is what I say all the time. So that is the reason I like it. I, I don't hate the song in any way. It's not a, a, a classic for me. I'm, surp- I'm surprised you called it a hidden gem. Do you like this song a lot? Yeah, I, I, got, I really got into it. I really did. I think it's super high energy. It really pumps me up. It makes me want to gamble. Like whenever I listen to this and he's talking all these gambling lyrics, I'm like, I got to get on that bus to AC right now. Like this, this is, I'm going to be on a roll and I would have easy money playing in my head. It just, it, it works for me. I don't know. It's a great way to kick off an album. I love that high energy kind of kickoff. Oh, I agree 100%. It's a great way to kick off an album. It works in the movie. So Rodney asked Billy to write this song for the movie. And I don't know where they met or whatever the case may be. But he goes, hey, I need a favor. All right. I'll tell you, you know, I, I got to do this movie. I got to write a song. You know, it's going to be all right. But, he, but you know, uh, the best the thing about the song is this is where, again, Billy Joel is so great. It, it describes the movie perfectly. Like yes. he really wrote a song. It's not... He didn't take it for granted. He said, let me read the script and I'll write a song about it. You know, there's so many movies that are songs that are written for movies and they have nothing to do with the movie. And this is not that it fits perfectly in the movie. And like you said, it kicks off the album. Perfect. And it is the actual reason when Billy wrote it, he goes, I should do a whole album of songs like this. He's like, this is easy. Yeah. Yeah, this movie, this song, I feel like Billy Joel completely nailed it because the music, the, the pace of the music really fits the, the uh, feel of the whole movie, the energy of the movie. And then the lyrics totally capture Rodney Dangerfield's character. And uh, I think better than so many other movie songs, like you said, uh, this song really, really hits it. I think what's funny is that, you know, he got asked to write a song for Easy Money and then he named the song Easy Money because like you don't have to do that. There's a lot of songs that are written for a movie that don't have to be named after the movie. But that reminded me of, uh, you know, in The Simpsons, when when Itchy and Scratchy, when they add Poochie. Of course. Right. And so like Roger Myers comes into the writer's room to tell them that they have to like, you know, write, write a thing for this name, this hip dog. And he says, uh, start thinking up a name for the, this funky dog, something along the lines of, say, Poochie, only more proactive. And then he leaves and the writers are like, so Poochie's OK with everybody. <laughs> so Ronnie Dangerfield's like, uh, write a song for uh, my movie, Easy Money. And then Billy's like, all right, I'll, I'll call it Easy Money. <laughs> Yeah, I like your analogy as well. That makes me happy. And the good thing about the song, too, it's very this one is, you know, again, I guess with Innocent Man, it's just very clear the influences and taking the influence, the homages, as they they call them, and make making it your own, but clearly getting the influence. He's so good at that. You know, whether I like the song or not, it's very clear that this is a James Brown thing. And have you seen the video where he's pretty much doing the James Brown dance moves at one point, which is like really obvious and cool? And he obviously enjoyed singing the song that way. And there's certainly also you can find the Mustang Sally influence as well. So, yeah, it really is an homage, a real, real one. And I I like it, too. I mean, I like it a lot. But it, again, it probably just has to do because I enjoyed the movie so much and I worshiped Rodney and he was my hero. And I, you know, the second time I ever performed, I got to perform at Dangerfields. 
was always hoping to run into him. And there were pictures of him and Billy Joel up on, on the wall at Dangerfield. And, you know, it was my two favorite people together. It was like really exciting. Did you ever get to meet him there? No, I never got to meet him there. The only, and I never got to meet Rodney. I only saw him perform once at Catch Rising Star when, and these are things I don't think you've had to encounter in your doing comedy. But back in the day when they didn't have just rooms doing comedy and they didn't have open mics, you could only go to Catch Rising Star or the Improv or Dangerfields and hope to God, you know, you'd wait all night for them to put you on. So you'd have to wait till one or two in the morning to go on. And while I was sitting there waiting till two in the morning, you know, at, uh, you know, Rodney came in one night, totally hammered. I mean, hammered. <laughs> and, and it was so exciting for the audience, but he was in another place. And so his jokes were so bad. And then he just didn't even feel like doing it anymore. And he goes, all right, all right. Does anybody have any questions? And really have any questions? You just figured to take questions from the audience. Right? This be and somebody goes, how come you didn't do Caddyshack too? And he goes, all right, enough of this. I don't, I'm going to get out of here. It's like, <laughs> like, a legitimate question. And he's like, uh, what the hell am I doing? All right, I'm out of here. And uh, yeah, it was really, uh, that's the, so it's the only time I saw him. But then I also, I went to his concert, like, you know, after no respect which was my favorite comedy album growing up i knew it backwards and forwards and would listen to it all the time i went to go see him at the garden state art center which is just so funny and this is what i tell comics these days you know it's funny when you see somebody like louis ck who never does the same material twice and i'm like well i come from a school where i want to see rodney do everything off that album which is odd when you think about it they're like well but that's what a musician does you're going right. to see Billy Joel play stuff off Stormfront, stuff that he's done before. You don't want to hear the new material. So when I have comic friends who are just like, well, I already did that on my special. And I'm like, but don't you think some people want to hear those jokes again? I, I still believe there's a bunch of people that want to hear some of this. It doesn't have to be this. You don't have to do the entire album. But they they want to hear the the jokes. It's it's just like an artist, like a musician. I what do I I you know maybe I don't want to hear Piano Man, but I want to hear We Didn't Start the Fire. You know, I mean, it, yeah, no, it's it, that's the difference with music. You want that familiarity. You want to already know the song, and with comedy, you usually want the surprise so you can have like a brand new laugh where you don't know where the jokes yeah, gonna go. I guess, but I still want to hear the classics sometimes. I but I guess that's an older way of looking at things because that's the way it used to be done. Have you seen the movie or not? Easy. Yeah, money. so I had never seen Easy Money, which maybe is why I like the song so much and, and Bananos doesn't, because I for me, it wasn't clouded by, oh, this was just a song he made for a movie. You know, I just saw it as a song and I liked it. But anyway, I watched the movie last night on so Pluto you, TV. So you did watch it last night. Oh, I'm excited. Did you like it? Does it hold up for you or does it? Uh, you're young. Literally, literally, the first thing I wrote in my notes here is the, is the sentence doesn't hold up well. Oh, I, I enjoyed it, but as a comedy, it's so slow compared to what comedies are today. There's such oh, long guess. set pieces for like, you know, that whole thing with the wedding cake. And then like it's a lot of stuff happens for like one little joke at the end of it. And I don't know. Movies today are packed with jokes and it, it's a different kind of pacing in this movie than what you would see today. Well, that's the problem with every 80s movie. I mean, even Back to the Future is so slow paced in many ways, too. And we love that movie. But that one has like a great plot. It's not just a. this is straight for comedy. The plot in this is a little like, all right, you know, it takes I don't know. And also like this movie. Plot. It takes almost 50 minutes before she, you know, fakes her death. And what? That's how long of a setup Spoiler there is. Alert. 
I'm sorry to everyone who hasn't seen it. <laughs> Until the, the, the actual like crux of the movie that he has to try to straighten out his life for a year to get all this money from his mother-in-law that there's 45 or 50 minutes of movie before that even happens. It's such a slow build before we get uh, to that. I don't know. You know, for me, I, I just, I loved it. I mean, it, you know, you know, you, it was right after Caddyshack. So you're like, it's not, it's not Caddyshack. It's different, but as time has gone on and certainly the person that I am, which is just, you know, I know every line from every movie back then, certainly this one, it was so manly and cool. And it's probably the reason I like gambling and drinking is, you know, this movie had a lot to do with it in that sense. I suppose it's bad, but there's so many things like, you know, like just like last, what was the, the other night where we're at the, the show and I told you I went to great papayas because in Joe Pesci in the movie, he goes, yeah, give me two hot dogs and a Yoo-Hoo. I didn't, I didn't. I love that, that he ordered a Yoo-Hoo. That's my favorite drink. So. Yeah. And then, so it's just funny because that's the kind of, yeah, give me two hot dogs. I had a pina colada. But, uh, <laughs> you know, and the same. And also when they go to the department store, he goes, well, look, maybe you don't understand. You know, he's trying to win this $10 million and he's got to reform himself. And, you know, Nicky's his coach. And uh, but Joe Pesci, which is ridiculous because Joe Pesci, like when he put takes a cigarette, you see a cigarette. I don't have to smoke it. And he puts it out and then he just lights another one. He's like <laughs> the worst friend and coach. But, you know, it's great. But they say maybe you got to see what you're going to get. So they go into that the, the depart the snooty department store. For me, it's like I mean, it's like a Marx Brothers movie Remember when they go into that section of browse and the lady is Margaret Dumont and she goes. Well, we didn't like hoodlums browsing, but you could be here. Like, may I help you? Oh, no, thanks, sir. Just browsing. How long do you intend to browse? Well, that lady there. You don't ask her how long she intends to browse. How come you're asking us how long we intend to browse? You don't look like browsers. No, what do browsers look like? Yeah, maybe I'm half browser. On his father's side. Nevertheless, I prefer that you do not browse any longer. Yeah, well, it's a free country. Yeah, if these people can browse, we can browse. Hey, Nikki, let's show the lady where browsers, huh? Browse. Hey, look at us, we're browsing, hey. All the lines that Rodney does, and of course he makes sure there's plenty of one-liners, but then they're looking for a shirt. He goes, my friend needs a shirt. He goes, yeah, what do you got in black shirts? He goes, yeah, my friend needs something he can wear four days in a row. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Let, let alone, I pretty much dress with the regular guy look is my look. So this movie spoke to me, unfortunately, in many ways. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't say, oh, I just bought two of your shirt sleeve pajama tops. You're the regular guy. Look, when he goes that Dr. Vindaloo, the doctor, right? <laughs> I just I use that line. I bought two of your shirt sleeve pajama tops. <laughs> I think it's funny, though, the, the regular guy line of clothes. Again, it reminds me of The Simpsons when Homer goes to his half brother, Herb Powell's. He runs a car company. Sure. I, and I Herb is like. Yeah, Dane DeVito and, and Herb tells Homer to design a car for the regular man, which is called the Homer, except in this case, the regular guy line of clothes became very popular and successful, and the Homer car bankrupted his half-brother. Yeah, but it was awesome because Bart was like, I really liked your car, Dad. Dad? What is it, boy? I thought your car was really cool. Thanks, boy. And I totally get it, and it was, but, but I remember, this was before The Simpsons, and it's very similar to Homer Simpson in many ways, the character. And, you know, it's and I'm sure the guys that were writing on that show were probably influenced by this movie. Oh, yeah, totally. I, when I watching the movie, I was like, I can see references from this movie that are in like later things for sure. Yeah, like, Rodney Dangerfield in this movie is Homer Simpson. And, you know, he hates and, and there's that episode, the episode where Rodney Dangerfield is a guest star on The Simpsons, where he plays Mr. Burns's brother. I mean, I know, son. 
And uh, my favorite ones. He goes, hey, dad, make with the yakety yak. Yeah, right. And there's that scene where they're eating in like the long table in the mansion. And which is kind of like the end of this movie when he's eating at the long table with the mother-in-law. And that has the best line, too. He goes, where's Mrs. Boyardee? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, the long table, the mother-in-law and everything. I loved it also. Um, I also, you know, it's just it's no philandering, no gambling, no alcohol, no drugs. And I'm like, oh, my God, are they talking to me? And I always wonder, you know, would I be able to do it? Let alone that track scene, the scene at the track. I mean, there's not a time. And, you know, I always have my own races down at the track. And there's not many times Joe Pesci goes out on the field and starts beating up the jockey. There's there's not one time I've been at the track where I haven't said, I'm going to pull a Joe Pesci on this guy. And I'm going to like beat this guy up for clearly losing the race on purpose. There's nothing worse. Everybody's wanted to do that. I mean, if you're a track, if you're a degenerate gambler like myself, plus also one of I mean, I know this movie so well. One of Joe Pesci's lines I use all the time. He's like uh, he's talking to Jeffrey Jones, uh, the villain in the movie. And he goes, um, once you get out of here, you have a sissy before I give you a slap. I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Jones, who is now a real life villain. Yeah, because of his yes. child pornography charges it bothers me on a daily basis because, yeah but uh, he, he really was like a great it. 80s actor for playing this kind of role totally he is he just nails it um one of my favorite things in this movie was uh it's just like a throwaway joke but when um roddy dangerfield is talking i, I guess to joe pesci's character about how great it is the love between a father and a child how great that is and he sees in the park there's some guy on the bench with a kid. And he's like, look at that. The love with the father and a child. And then the mom and a cop come running over to arrest <laughs> the guy. And the guy's like, I was minding my own business. He jumped in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah, cop well, says, like Where, you where's your it's- ID? Uh, it's in my other raincoat. Right, right. It's all setups and stuff. But, you know, I like that kind of stuff. So I really enjoyed the movie. And obviously, Joe Pesci is great. And Jeffrey Jones was great. And even Geraldine Page was great because, I'll tell you, you know, for years, I, I wouldn't kiss my mother-in-law in the mouth, but I wind up kissing her ass. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't help myself. I'm going to continue I know, to do I know. that if you don't mind. Well, now now this is good that I've seen it because now I'll know like half of the movie references that you make that I normally don't know. Now I know right. some more. Let alone the ending when he, you know, figures out a plan to have it both ways. That pizza looks unbelievable at the end. It just looks so mm. delicious. And he looks like he's just having the best time eating it. And it's not a really delicious looking pizza. It looks cold and it's been there for a while, but he just looks so into it. You know, he like takes off his tuxedo or whatever he's wearing. It's just like, hey, what'd you tell us tonight? Well, tonight? I thought their perfume was driving me crazy. And they're all laughing. Like, ah, and you must like it, too, because they're playing poker. And yeah. Like, what else? And he's just eating that pizza. And he just looks like he's having the best time. And he's just like, ah, I told her I married Rose to get to her. And they're like laughing. He goes, I'll tell you, for years, I wouldn't kiss my mother-in-law in the mouth. I wind up kissing her ass. I can't stop. That's the greatest. That's the third last, time you've said it this episode. <laughs> it's the greatest last line in movie history. And then the music starts. I mean, that's what makes the song so great. Every time the music starts after he sets all I picture in my mind, the drumming. And have you seen some of the YouTube videos where people are emulating the drum beat in this no. song? A Billy Joel drum. There's a whole bunch of people who are saying I can do the easy money drum beat. It's a really interesting drum pattern for a billy joel song uh it's not normal when people are emulating billy joel and saying i can do the drum beat 
from this song. So there's about 20 videos of people trying to emulate this, the drumming on this. It's very difficult. Yeah, I get it. Cause like whenever I hear it, I'm just like banging on the table. It's really fun. It's a cool beat. Here's the worst part. Uh, is that the guy that played his, you know, the guy that goes, can I call you dad? Yeah, Julio. Uh, Taylor Negron, would we absolutely could have gotten on this show if he weren't dead? Oh, we were becoming geez. friends and it was exciting being his friend. He was a great guy and he absolutely would have done this podcast and it would have been a great guest. And we could have talked about so much stuff. He was a doll and a major bummer when I was thinking about this. I'm like, oh, what a great guest he would have been. He's got such a great resume. And uh, well, we all know what you like him for, which is probably Wizards of Waverly Place. Yes, of course. Anything with <laughs> Selena Gomez. And, well, I know he's on. He was also working with the Olsen twins for a while. He was on their ABC show. I mean, I followed this guy's career for a long time, and then we became friendly. He came to my birthday party. I know I sound oh, like Pee cool. Wee Herman. I mean, he, said, he came to my birthday party, which was so sweet. And that was the first day I met him through somebody else. And he stayed. And my brother-in-law did the entire dialogue of his dialogue from Easy Money. And he just sat there and took it. I said, this guy is very nice. He goes, yeah, I'm bad. Go ahead. Say how bad you are. I'm real bad. And my brother was doing that. He's like, ha, ha, ha. But I mean, he was very polite about it. Very polite. And then I, um, he started directing uh, like a bunch of plays. And I would go to see him do that. And then we'd have dinner together. And oh, my God, he would have been in all my readings at the Comedy Cellar. I mean, think about if I... Uh, you know, had done easy money and I mean, would have had him in the goddamn show and he would have loved it and he would have been great. Ah, he is sorely missed. Yeah. What a tragedy. Yeah. A tragedy that. And of course, we would have had Adam Schlesinger on, which would have been amazing because he is he was heavily influenced by Billy Joel. And that was he's fucking dead. It's really annoying. Should have done this podcast 30 years ago. God damn it. Before you were born, you know, <laughs> you weren't born in 83 when this movie came out, right? No, no. It predated me by a little bit. I will yes. say I do. I do share a birthday with Rodney Dangerfield. We're both born on November 22nd. Oh, is that that's cool. Going back to the song just real quick. Uh, I just I wonder I'm interested to see what our listeners think about this song. It's a, as you say, kind of a hidden gem, but I don't know if it would be considered a hidden gem, but I do like the song and I Again, I don't know whether I like it because of the movie, because I wind up kissing her ass. When that drum beat comes in, I love that. I love the song. What a lot. I mean, if you make a movie in your lifetime and you don't have a great end line like that, what's the point? <laughs> says, I don't know. I, I was surprised how much of the movie wasn't really offensive by today's standards. You know, you have like the son-in-law, uh, Taylor Negron's character, Julio, who, you know, he's like a Hispanic guy, but they don't go too over the top with that. There aren't like a lot of jokes about like Puerto Ricans or anything. Overall, no, no, the movie they, uh, is pretty nice. And it's cool no. to see Joe Pesci in a, as a younger man. I, I, this is the earliest movie I think that I've seen him in. I don't I don't know if I've seen anything before this. You didn't see Raging in. Bull? Oh, I did. OK, so never mind. I, <laughs> that would be well, that's about three years earlier. But three. OK, so yeah, yeah. But here he's really know. he's really playing like uh, very much like his. Typical Goodfellas kind of character. He's oh, a hothead. Yeah, but that's He's why always it's trying great. to beat people up. So, well, one more thing before we get off the movie, which I know we've been on forever. Uh, well, this, and this, I, 
I always knew that's all. I couldn't wait for easy money for us to talk about it because I just wanted to talk about the movie. So anyway, you're right. Go on. So this has to do with the script, I guess, because this is more like plot issues. They made a big deal in the beginning that he has to pick up the wedding cake and it's this giant cake and they put it in the back of the van. It's, it's her wedding the next day. It's so important. They destroy the cake in the car accident. It's funny. And then the wedding's the next day and no one mentions the cake. No one cares. <laughs> There's not even that. a single thing where the daughter's upset or the mom is like, you know, you really shouldn't have. Or they they don't even show like what was the replacement cake. You're so right. I never nothing happens. What's the matter with you? What do you got to what do you got to bring that up? I never even thought about that before. Now, there's a huge hole in this movie. There must be in the original screenplay. I'm sure there are some pages of like some aftermath of the cake incident. That oh, just I know another of- line that I use all the time. So, hey, look, go to Lucky's. He's open late. Like when they're just looking for a diner to go to late at night and everything's closed. Yeah. And then the sign says open 23 hours. Right, right. <laughs> and then we're going to pops. Oh, pop died. Oh, we'll go to Lucky's. Yeah, let me see that. Oh, I guess that was Pop's last meal. Yeah, right, right. That's what it is, right? Elon, if I can be honest with you, for years, I wouldn't kiss my mother on the mouth. You know what happened? What happened? You say the line this time so I can play the music. Now I'm kissing her ass. <laughs> All right, so Elon, the ultimate question. Has he ever played this live in concert? I'm glad you asked that. Um, I was actually surprised. There's only one documented performance of him playing this song live. It was in January 1984 in Providence, Rhode Island, the very first show of the Innocent Man tour. Isn't that odd? This seems like a fun one to do in concert. A this really would have been a great one. song to be as like the opening song to a concert. Can you imagine like the lights come Ooh. on and this pops up? Yeah, you're right, because you also have the the horn section where they can be doing dances, like kind of like in the blues brothers, you know, like where you can mm-hmm. set a little choreography for the horn section. It's a great way to open a concert. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. And may- I don't know what it was. Maybe they tried it live. Maybe they didn't have the full horn section. Maybe he just had like the sax guy and maybe they tried a new arrangement and it just for whatever reason didn't work. Now I will say the set list data from these, this 1984 concert tour isn't complete. So there are some shows that are missing, but we have this first show of the tour where he played it. And then we have the fourth show of the tour where it was already out of the set list. Wow. So it's pretty clear that it maybe lasted one other show. But if at that at some point very early, they said no more. It's just so weird because even in that video where we see him dancing like James Brown, it looks terrific, like a real fun time. And I mean, the thing is, if you're going to write an homage to James Brown, how do you not do that live? The most right. The whole obvious- point is that he's the best live performer, like maybe of all time. And this is Billy's homage. Why can't you play it live? Dave, it's time for the trivia portion of the show. Do you have a good stumper for me? All right. Well, I prepared two just, and it's a good thing I did because we were already talking about Jeffrey Jones. So I written, because I wasn't sure if you'd seen the movie yet or not. So I wrote like the villain in this movie played a screen legend villain three years later, named the film. Ferris Bueller's Day. Ferris Bueller's right. He played the principal. So I'll give you this other one. Julio and Alison Capiletti get married in the movie. This was a reteaming of the two of them. In what movie, two years earlier, did they share a classic scene together? Oh, you know, it's funny because I thought he, <laughs> I know this isn't the answer, but I thought he um, he reminds me of Damone in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which she's in. But I can't, that can't be correct, right? It is correct. You just went about it the opposite, the roundabout way. That He's is not Damone, is he? He is not Damone. 
that's so funny. He's not Damone, and you're right, he does remind us of Damone, but he's in the movie as the pizza delivery guy. Who is it? Mr. Pizza Guy. Again? Mr. Pizza Guy, sir. Who the double cheese and sausage? Right here, dude. Oh, yeah. Who ordered the large double cheese and sausage? And he delivers it to Spicoli, and she's in the classroom. She is one of the people called upon by Ray Walston to get to have a slice of the pizza. Hamilton, yeah. you know, like, chop, chop. Mr. But yes, Hand. He delivers the pizza to his future wife two years later in the, uh, in the next movie that they do together. So, yes, that was another reason why I was so excited to meet Taylor Negron, because he played the pizza delivery guy in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And the funny thing is that was a one part, one line thing. And that's how cool Taylor Negron was because you remember it. Wait, didn't you play the pizza delivery guy in Fast? There's one line. You'd think you have more lines. He recreated that uh, since I had Amy Heckerling on my podcast, the director of Fast Times, in a movie she directed called Vamps with Alicia Silverstone and Kristen Ritter, ironically, but it has nothing to do with John Ritter, where he replayed the pizza delivery guy and had the same line. Oh, that's awesome. But uh, yeah, but you got it. Congratulations in the roundabout way that you did. Well done. Okay, so I have a trivia question for you. Yeah. What comedian who appears in Easy Money shares a name with one of the hosts of Billy Joel A to Z? Is it Jeff Altman? That's right. So Jeff Altman is in the movie. I, did I see him? Well, who does he play? He plays the next door neighbor. Oh, right. The one who has the wife with the, the big boobies. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Right. See, he was so good. He loved using other comics. You know, that was the best. Like, that's why Sam Kennison was in Back to School. He loved other comics, which was, you know, very rare for other comedians, like an idiot like Milton Berle or something like that, you know? Oh, that's so cool. Jeff Altman. That makes sense. I mean, I figured it out, obviously, from... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I knew it wasn't just gals. <laughs> or, or Elon Gold. <laughs> like, there weren't too right, many choices right. of names. Oh, cool. Well, I got it. We both got it right. All right, Dave, it is. It feels like it's been a long time since we've done a song parody. It, it has been a long time since we've done a ranking or a song parody. Thank God. Maybe we should stop doing these unreleased songs because I. Oh, but but the thing is, then I really look forward to the song parody. So maybe it's good. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Although I guess we just did one for Don't Ask Me Why. But it feels like we've had so many episodes where we've had to skip it because they were unreleased. But yeah, yeah, nice exactly. to be back so into it. I'm very excited. OK, so today's weird Alon parody of Easy Money is called Easy Pass. All right, Elon, I'll start you off. Okay. For years, I wouldn't kiss my mother along the mouth. I wind up kissing her ass. You don't have to stop for tolls. Drive right through the special lanes. You don't have to care about if you don't have correct change. Take the Holland Tunnel. Take the Lincoln back. Take the George Washington on the way to Hackensack. I've been driving all my life. Can't afford to wait. So I'll settle up my bill at a later date. I want the easy, easy pass up on my windshield. Oh, scan it tonight. I want the easy, easy pass. We're making great time. Show me the green light. Hey, now awful last line but the rest of it was brilliant and i was <laughs> i was like rocking out to it the entire time i loved it the, i can the, see the out of the corner of my eyes like, i'm like looking at my lyrics but i can see that you were moving so yeah like, it was moving but then i show me the green light what the hell is that 
We know when the when the thing says go on the little in the toll booth when it's like easy pass go, and it shows. It's not green. really a green light. It's really the. Uh, it's just an orange thing that kind of says go easy pass. Yeah, uh, folks, write in. Let us know if it's, if it's green in some states. <laughs> And I, actually, uh, that was like the one line. I was like, I got to put something here and that kind of works. And uh, of course, you yeah. figured it out. You found the one fault. Sorry, I know. I found the one last line, but otherwise it was great. I loved it. Thank you. I loved it. Take the Holland Tunnel. Take the Lincoln back. Take the, what was the rest of the next Take one? the George Washington on the way to Hackensack. Yeah, that was great. All <laughs> right. Yeah, Every Billy Joel song should have a Hackensack reference. Round, applause, round of applause on that one. Thank great. you. That was easy I wound money. up kissing her ass. Sorry. Damn it, Dave! <laughs> if you like our podcast, be sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple and tell your friends. We release new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, so make sure you hit subscribe so you never miss a single song. Yeah. Follow us. What? <laughs> <laughs> Stop doing the line! Follow us on social media at Billy Joel A to Z and it leave us some feedback. <laughs> Did you get enough of Dave saying, I wind up kissing her ass? No. no or should no, he have no. said it more than 12 times this episode? So much more. <laughs> hey, you're okay, Elon. You're all right. <laughs> should Billy Joel bring easy money into his concert set list? And wouldn't it make a great opening song? And let us know, does that green light lyric in the parody work? Or did I screw it up? Until next time, I'm Elon Altman. And I'm Dave Jusko. How are you? And this is Billy Joe For years, I wouldn't kiss my mother-in-law in the mouth. I wind up kissing her ass. Good night. Easy money. I don't want-